0: My I think I spoke with my dad and he pretty much simply just said Look, if you don't you know give sport a shot, would you look back and would you be happy with that decision? And that was a quick answer. I was like, no. And he's like, Well, there's your answer. You need to find a coach and figure it out.
1: Hi and welcome to the Empowerment Encourage Podcast. We are your hosts, Ellie and Coco two former college athletes on a mission to empower you to believe in yourself and encourage you to go after your dreams.
2: Every week we speak with professional athletes about their journeys, about everything from hardships and motivation to the true meaning of success so that they can inspire you with their unique stories. We are so excited to say that we are finally on Patreon. So if you like our podcast and want to help us make more and better episodes, you can become a Patreon today and get access to exclusive behind the scene content and other community perks.
1: You can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash empowermentcourage and you can also find the direct link in the episode description. Thank you so much for your support. In today's episode, Coco speaks with Grant Wiggins. He's a professional triathlete and a former college runner at Villanova University working towards representing the United States at World Championships and at the 2024 Olympic Games. Grant talks about how he came up short of his own expectations during his college career and how this period of his life was a major learning experience. He also shares his journey to discovering triathlon, how he uses visualization as part of his mental preparation and his best advice to overcome adversity. Ultimately, Grant wants to show others that you don't have to be an NCAA champion or a college star to be an elite athlete. Even if you're not, you can still move on to become a professional athlete and compete at a very high level.
2: So hi, Grant, and welcome to our podcast. It's really great to have you here. Uh, first of all, how are you doing and how is everything on the East Coast in, uh, in the US right now?
0: Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, everything's going well. Um, Luckily, I'm in central Florida right now, kind of outside of Orlando. Like if you've ever been to Disney or anything, I'm kind of in that area. Weather is nice and warmer than the rest of the country, so everything's going well here.
2: Yeah, that's perfect. Glad to hear. So just to get started and to get to know you a little bit more, I'm going to ask you a few short questions. Just don't think too much. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Sounds good. Uh, What is your biggest inspiration, if you have one?
0: Uh, I think my biggest inspiration would just be finding what I'm capable of. I don't think I have the answer to that, but I know it's a lot more than what I'm currently doing.
2: Okay, okay. Um, what's one thing that you are really good at, but that people don't know about you?
0: Probably air drumming. I think I listen to a lot of music before practice, so you just start air drumming and, you know, jamming out, getting into my mindset. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: perfect. Um if you could watch a uh, three movie or TV show for the rest of your life, uh, which one would it be?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. I watched Westworld on HBO not too long ago and I enjoyed that, but it's a little heavy to watch for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, I guess I'll go with that one. It was good. All
2: right, all right. Um, what's your favorite meal? Meal?
0: Um. Anything that tastes good, I'm quite the foodie, so nothing, uh, I like some street food when I travel, like after the race and after my performances, of course, I'll try and enjoy some street food and see what the people are eating around town.
2: All right, um, so not too complicated. Yeah, Just no. eat everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's one song that always gets you going before practice session or race?
0: Shoot to Throw by ACDC.
2: Okay, that's yeah, a good one, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, There are triathlon races like all over the world, what's one place you dream of racing at?
0: I think the sport seems to be pretty big in Germany, so I think Hamburg, Germany is one of the largest triathlons in the world and uh, that'd be pretty cool, You write, you race straight through the downtown and thousands of people come to watch, so obviously that's ideal. <laughs>
2: That sounds good. Do you have any, like, favorite quote that you live by? If so, which one?
0: Favorite quote? Uh, I'm not sure, but as a kid, I had a poster of Steve Prefontaine, like the famous runner um, from Nike, and it said, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. I think that's pretty powerful and uh, something I looked at as a lot
2: as a kid. For sure. And it's like a quote that, that you kept with you?
0: Yeah, I try and remember that one. Uh, I'm not a big quote guy, so I couldn't like name off too many more, but yeah. that's definitely a good one.
2: <laughs> okay, at least you have one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you don't train, uh, what is one thing that you like to do?
0: Fishing. I think fishing's a good pastime. We actually have a lake here near a house here in Florida,
2: and I went the other day, and it was pretty good. That's nice. So, so do you have a boat as well? Or?
0: Not here. This is just our training camp, but my mm-hmm. parents have one back home and get to enjoy that every once in a while.
2: That's nice, yeah, um, and the last one, what's one account on Instagram or YouTube? uh maybe an athlete, a musician, or an artist that you follow, and you think we should check it out
0: I think religion of sport is a good um I think that's their handle, I think it's just religion of sport, and it may right. or it may or may not be run by Tom Brady or some of his friends, but uh, it really captures like the essence of sport and it uses various sports and um kind of relays cool information and cool stories about what's going on in the sporting world that maybe aren't the headlines so
2: yeah yeah perfect we'll go check it out yeah it's a good one (laughs) so going back to the very beginning um when did you first get into running
0: i got into running when i was a kid and honestly i don't really know my parents probably know better than me i was too young but um i remember my parents probably took me to a few road races just like local stuff, and um, I think I did better than they expected, and Mm -hmm. then they just kind of like helped promote that, Uh, it was a good like activity, good way to meet friends and get into sport, and uh, it just kind of snowballed from there, but I was really young, probably about five or six.
2: Okay, and did you do like any other sport as well, or was it just running?
0: Yeah, so growing up I did, uh, I think running was kind of always the primary, but I was really into swimming and then I did soccer as well and was okay. like at a reasonably high level for a young kid at all three of those.
2: And, and why did you choose running at the end? Like what did you love more about it?
0: Uh, I think honestly, as a kid, I don't think your mind is like so in tune to know like what you love most about a specific sport maybe. Um, but it was what I was best at. And I think what I recognized I had the most potential for, moving through high school and then into the college system. So I think my mind wasn't mature enough to think otherwise at the time.
2: Okay. So it was just because you were the best at this sport at this moment that probably, that going.
0: I think looking back, a lot of it was dependent on like who my coach was too. I think in swimming, I probably would have kept swimming a little bit longer if I had enjoyed my coach of my team at the time. It just kind of like, I changed schools and my new high school was going to be way more academically challenging. So it was like a little bit of a time commitment thing. But also, I I think looking back, like had I enjoyed what the coach was doing and what the team environment was doing, I probably would have stuck with it a little bit more through high school instead of just committing to running at the time.
2: Okay. Okay. That sounds good. And and did you always know that you wanted to be a professional athlete at some point? Or... It came like later on,
0: yeah. I think so. Like, um, for me, without sounding like, um, like cocky, I think it was just always in my mind that through high school, like, I was gonna run in college. And I know a lot of people don't have that like opportunity to think that way, but it never really crossed my mind that that was like a decision, it was just gonna happen. And then I think it was also always in my mind that I was gonna compete. After college as well, it just so happened I kind of changed sports, and now I'm into triathlon and not running. But I don't think there's ever really a doubt in my mind.
2: Okay, okay. Well, I mean, you changed sport, but you still do some running into the sport. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We do plenty of running. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, like you talked a bit about after running in high school, you went on to the track and cross country team in uh, Villanova University right which is one of the best like middle distance program in the country did you always wanted to be like a college athlete like from when you were a kid um
0: i would say so i mean just growing up like we would always watch like ncaas you know we'd always watch the top performances and it's just i always believed i could do that um you know if if i put myself in the right positions and put the work in so I, I think I always wanted to, and then when the time came for me to make like a decision, I was no superstar runner, but I was good, and uh to have the opportunity to go to Villanova was something I couldn't really pass out.
2: sure but for what I understand, like your college career did not really go the way you wanted. Can you tell us a bit more about it?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like coming out of high school, like I just said, like I was good, I had like multiple state titles but was no superstar. And like, if you're going to be a superstar in the mile now, you need to be running, like, under 405. And I wasn't close to that Yeah, as fast. And, um, but, you know, I attracted the attention of this school and uh, was super pumped to go and one of the most storied programs. And then it's tradition that as a freshman, you're redshirted, which, okay. um, and I would have done three sports. So it would have been cross-country, indoor track, and outdoor track. Um, and I was a little physically immature too, to be competing against, you know, 22, 23 year olds. So it made sense. And, um, like I redshirted and had a few like performances and they were fine. It was nothing to like be disappointed about. I was just getting used to like the new training system and, and everything. And then showed up sophomore year, really ready to go. I was really fit and I got really sick. And it's always a tough thing to know why I got sick or something like that. But there was three weeks where I spent in the health center, like, with a fever. And we had no idea what it was, like, blood test after blood test. And then I got released and was fine. And, like, uh, but you know that, like, sets you back in your training. For sure. So it was really frustrating. And then kind of got things rolling again. And then I got sick again around Christmas time. So it was just, like, a really big damper in my training and then to pile on top of that when I would come back from taking these stints off of running, I think my body would lose some of its um, like strength and like in running like springiness and um, I think that led to some small niggles and small injuries and then the training program was pretty much the polar opposite than what I did in in high school. Um, I believed it was going to work for me. That's why I went there. But I think that coupled with my sicknesses and injuries, it didn't really add up to a successful career. And um, it just kind of like snowballed and we just couldn't figure it out. And my coach was trying, we were all working, but it happens.
2: So, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when you start going back to swimming, right?
0: Right. Yeah. So with these small niggles and injuries you know, to cross train, you hop in the pool, do some aqua jogging. And I had a background in swimming, so I would swim and, um, the swim coach at Villanova would see me in there. So he kind of knew who I was and was like, ah, this kid, like he's hurt, but he's a decent swimmer. I was no, I was, wasn't fast at all by any means (laughs) compared to top swimmers, but like, you know, for a kid who's not like currently swimming, he was pretty decent. And, um, Yeah. So that I started doing that. And, um, and then I saw this post somewhere about USA triathlon takes runners with a background in swimming and can sort of fast track them into the sport of triathlon. And I think I, uh, sent an application for that and was like, Hey, here I am. And, uh, that was my introduction to the triathlon right
2: there. Okay. And before that, did you like bike a bit like in competition or, or not at all? No.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Biking was entirely new. I didn't even know like bikes had pedals that you clip into.
2: Okay. I was
0: mostly used to the beach cruiser cruising around town back home.
2: So, So it was like probably something really difficult and something really out of your comfort zone to start to kind of add a new sport already, to already do the running and the swimming um, that you were already doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the biking, it was tough to get used to like in the style of triathlon racing that I do. You bike in a large pack like you would see in like the Tour de France or something. Mm-hmm. So people are touching each other the whole time you're cycling and that can be kind of scary at first until you get used to it. Um, but, in terms of having like the engine for it and the fitness for it, I think I was in a good spot. It was just getting used to everything else
2: all right, so overall, like what would you say that your college time impacted you as an athlete but also as a person?
0: I would say it was probably the biggest disappointment up to the, you know thus far in my like athletic career um But I also wouldn't categorize it simply as a disappointment. I would say it was something to look at and learn from because I get asked today, like, would you go back to Villanova? Would you, you know, still commit to go to that program? And I think I handled the process of choosing my college the best I could. So probably I probably would. That was the school for me. Would I do things differently while I was there? Probably. But I still would go back and do it. And I have no doubts that I made the right decision. And was doing the best I could while I was there
2: okay because yeah for sure you definitely grow from it from like all of this disappointment and and the fact that like you didn't give up and you find triathlon maybe right maybe you would have never known triathlon if it would have been different as well
0: yeah absolutely I probably wouldn't have known triathlon I think as a kid, like, people always mention, like, oh, you should do triathlon, like, you can swim <laughs> and run. But it, it never crossed my mind as something I wanted to do. Um, so I think my time in college definitely shifted me towards the sport of triathlon. All for the better.
2: For sure, for sure. Yeah. And looking back at it, like, would you advise anyone to go to college to play sport as well?
0: I would say so. I, I loved my time. I mean, even though I had a rough time performance-wise, I loved, like waking up and having that structure to my day of, you know, go to practice, do your homework, <laughs> taking care of your business, but also having a lot of fun while you're doing it. Um, but that was also how I grew up. So it would be very different if I didn't grow up that way and then went to college and had to do it. Um, okay. but yeah, it's a special experience to compete for a school and something that's larger than you.
2: Of course. And also, like you talked about doing the homework at the same time. So it's a lot of like management of your time as well and, right. and uh, organization so what is like the physical challenge of and the pressure of doing triathlon like compared to before when when your focus was only running
0: yeah so and um i do like short course triathlon, so it takes like an hour to two hours you know, sprint distance and olympic distance um, different than like iron man which takes like eight to ten hours or something um, but in track, I competed in the middle distances. So it was like half mile a mile, which you know, is a minute and 50 seconds to you know just over four minutes. So it's still a lot longer, um, and I had to build that aerobic base to be able to compete at a high level for an hour to two hours. Completely different. But um, at the same time, you know, you're swimming for seven to eight minutes. Which is not that long all the time you're biking for thirty minutes, so it's different muscle groups that you're using throughout this hour, so there's like high intensity within the overall low intensity of an hour, okay, yeah. so it's pretty special and like something to try and balance and uh it's hard to do, but I mean it takes time to figure it out, and that's what we're doing
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure yeah <laughs> and and would you say like? Do you enjoy now better triathlon than just running before, or like do you still missing just running?
0: Uh, Every once in a while, I miss it, but I'm totally happy with what I'm doing now. I mean, this is the path I've chosen. I know I can be great at this sport, but um, yeah. Every once in a while, you miss like showing up to the track and doing you know eight really fast four (laughs) hundreds, whereas that doesn't really have a benefit to me anymore. So. I do kind of miss that feeling, but I'm happy with where I am.
2: All right. And, and how do you divide then your training between like the three different parts of Treadland? Is it like one week? Is it just running or is it always like dividing your time to doing the three? Mm-hmm.
0: So I'd say every training group is different, but for me, it's we pretty much do two to three sessions a day um, broken up between running, swimming and biking. Um, so for today, for instance, it's like our hard Tuesday. Um, so we had a hard swim this morning and then, you know, we're resting now and then we'll go later and we'll have our hard run session tomorrow. would be a recovery day, but we have all three. So you're doing all three sessions, but they're low intensity, just trying to like flush everything out and get ready for Thursday. Um, so it definitely takes time to figure out how to balance that. But, um, I mean, I think... You just got to take your recovery seriously and you can handle it.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's what I was going to say. Like, I can imagine yeah. like recovery is like really important, um, especially if you want to keep going and keep pushing your limit.
0: Right. Yeah. Just on that, I was discussing with my coach the other day that in my position coming from a running background, I'm playing catch up in a sense to these, a lot of Europeans or because is not huge here for the youth in the United States, but over in Europe, it's a lot bigger. So we're playing catch-up, trying to catch up to them. Um, you know, they may have been doing it since they were 10 or 12, and I just started two years ago. So, But there's this balance of urgency and patience that's really important. So I have this urgency that, you know, I'm 24 now, and I'm only going to be young and athletic enough to do this for so many years. Sure. But there needs to be an element of patience as well, because you can't rush it or I'm not going to be able to do this next year. My body will be way too beaten down and and tired and everything. So it's just finding that balance and how to move forward most efficiently.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. It must be also difficult and maybe frustrating sometimes when you want to push it and maybe like you feel good. But then at the same time, maybe your coach or teammate are telling you, yeah, but today is low intensity and 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 sometimes you don't necessarily see the importance of recovery at the the moment but yeah, in the abs- long term is so important
0: yeah absolutely um yeah just finding that balance is really tough i mean when i did track you pretty much feel good almost every day in the grand scheme of things like yeah you might be tired from running 13 miles but you know you're capable of waking up tomorrow and doing that hard track session whereas Now, I'm pretty much tired all the time, (laughs) but I can still do the sessions I need to because the intensity is so different and a lot lower than what I would have been doing when I was competing for four minutes.
2: And are you also going to the gym and and doing some work there, or is it mostly just swimming, running, and biking?
0: Yeah, I go to the gym. Every triathlete's different. Some of my teammates are, they prefer to do their strength work more, like, um, in the act of the sport. So uh, they'll do it on the bike. They'll work a low cadence to build strength that way. Or in swimming, they'll use paddles and um, add drag and stuff that way. Whereas I grew up running middle distance. You need to hit the gym a little bit. And uh, I find that that's important for me. It just keeps my whole body strong okay. and athletic. And injury, injury-free, injury too. Yeah. It's big for injury prevention.
2: So we talked a bit about college and about like how you had some disappointment time um but apart from that did you have some other challenges that you had to face um, through your athletic career and and how did you overcome them
0: yeah i'd say first one that comes to mind is senior year of high school so you know top time for recruiting um, that's when it's pretty your decisions are getting made on where you're going to go to college and uh My junior year had been pretty solid, but, you know, senior year, you really want to, like, cap it off. And um, in the middle of the state cross-country race with, like, half a mile to go, I stepped funny, and I heard it crack. And it was my left ankle and a bone in there just, like, there was a four-inch split in the, uh, one of the shin bones. I forget which one, but it went vertical up from the ankle. And uh, first time I'd ever broken a bone, and I had never had a serious injury up to that point in my life. So it was like, uh, it was pretty shocking. Like, wow, this happened just now, but, um, there's nothing I could do about it. So I just, I was like, okay, this is my situation right now. Let's get healthy as fast as possible and then come back in the spring. So I would say there's, there was definitely times I was bummed, of course, but I think I have a great support system with my parents and my friends and everything. And, uh, I was able to stay positive pretty much throughout it and have a pretty swift recovery um, and get back to work for the spring and everything All right. went pretty so well. So that was
2: like a big one before, big challenges before coming to, to college.
0: Right. It was bad bad timing, but Villanova was nice enough to stay interested and kept everything that they said that they yeah.
2: would. All right. So because you signed with Villanova before, before that injury? Uh,
0: no, not before. It was like in the middle. Okay. So for the injury to happen, and then them still remain interested, and then we would sign. I think two months later, while I was still kind of injured, was uh, spoke well of them. They did a good job.
2: Yeah, for sure. Even yeah. for your confidence as well, uh, I'm sure it probably keep you motivated to to come back and and to stay healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Showed they had faith in me, so I was much more likely to work hard for them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sounds good. And, and if you have like any, do you have any advice for people that are maybe going through adversity as well and are listening?
0: Yeah, I would say, um, I think you got to stay present into what your goals are. So, you know, if something like that happens and you immediately forget what you were working towards and you start losing track of that, then you start to get sidetracked and and things can go off the rails pretty quick. But I think if you just try and stay focused um, and uh, keep that right in front of you, that'll do wonders for you. Um, and then another way to just prepare for the ups and downs of sport, which is to be create a great support system around yourself, have friends, coaches, mentors, family um, in a good place. That way, that they're there when you hit a dip. Okay, Um, And and that's really important.
2: But have you ever, like, at one point considered quitting, like running or triathlon, like, through all of these challenges?
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, The running, not really. I think I was always going to continue. And then once triathlon became available, it was like, oh, this is a new opportunity. I'm looking for something fresh. You know, let's put the you know, singular running behind me, and let's give this a shot. Plus, I, I kind of missed swimming. I really liked swimming, um, so I, I was ready for that move. But um, after college, I was in the process of moving into triathlon, and through this program that takes collegiate runners with a background of swimming, you have to hit certain benchmarks. So there were these tests that I had to perform, and if I didn't perform then, then, you know, they said, you weren't going to receive this amount of funding. You you weren't going to make this training group. You weren't going to make this elite development team. Um, And all that's reasonable. So I had to go and, you know, put the work in and show up for these tests. And I did well for the most part for almost all of them. It was a steady progression, getting my swim back to where it was when I was a kid. And like, was doing well. And they placed me with a coach who was awesome. And Uh, Then this coach got hired for this uh, pretty much the most elite development team and uh, he was like this is a great opportunity for you Grant like I just got hired here but you know I really want to take you with me I heard nothing but positive things about my chances with this team and um, I went out there for three weeks to train with them and see what it was like and you know, when I was there, again, nothing but positive things. And in my mind, I knew it was always a possibility. I wasn't going to make it. But when you're hearing, you know, such positivity and everything, you, and they, you know, they paid my expenses to go out there. And like, I was planning on moving, like my parents and I had stuff in place, like, okay, I'm going to go come back home, grab my stuff, and then I'm going to be with this team. Um, And then on the drive to the airport, the coach let me know the news that, you know, I wasn't um, meeting the standards of the team. And at the time that was devastating because I had just changed sports and was like, wow, I'm going to take this really serious, give this a shot and shoot for the Olympics in Paris and Los Angeles after that. And, um, and then that was kind of like taken away for a moment and it was like, okay, I need to figure out who's going to coach me. I need to figure out the training partners I want to train with. And there definitely was about a two or three week period there where I was kind of like, wow. You know, I could just go get a normal job and make money with a steady salary yeah. <laughs> like most of my friends are doing from Villanova. You know, like all of the, sac- the small sacrifices that come with making sport your life. And um, But my, I think I spoke with my dad and he pretty much simply just said, look, if you don't, you know, give sport a shot, would you look back? And would you be happy with that decision? And that was a quick answer. I was like, no. And he's like, well, there's your answer. You need to find a coach and figure it out. I was like, okay. So we moved on and I found a new coach. And um, yeah, I'm I'm in the sport now and I'm committed for a few years to
2: come. Yeah. So that's, that's great to hear Yeah, (laughs) that you you didn't went on and and get a job then. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Things would be very different if I did that.
2: Yeah, for sure. I don't even know if we'll be speaking today. Yeah,
0: probably not. I, I don't know where I'd be working, but I definitely wouldn't be as fit. That's for sure.
2: So, and a part of the physical endurance needed to be a triathlete, like the mental side is also a huge thing. Especially, to be able to go from swimming to biking then running, like a lot of things is probably going on in, in the head. Um, so, how do you prepare mentally, like for your races, but also for your like. Tough training that you have for example today um do you have like a mental coach i don't
0: have a specific mental coach that's probably something i would look into when i have more resources um but it's the mental side is very important i I think in when i was just doing singular track or going to swim meets as a kid i had it pretty down pat I, i had a good job and a good handle on what i needed to do for those races but there's so much going on in triathlon. So you have the swim start where it's just absolute chaos. Everyone's <laughs> swimming. It's like when the salmon in Alaska are like swimming up the river to spawn. It's just <laughs> chaos everywhere. So to be able to handle that with, you know, getting punched in the face, you know, people swimming on top of you, um, finding your position, and then but realizing like this is really important but also the race is an hour. So to have those things happen and then keep that in perspective, it's not over. I have plenty of time to do what I know I can do um, and still perform well. And it's the same thing, you know, you go through the transition zone and to get on your bike and there's a lot going on. Everyone's doing the same thing you are at the same time, at the same pace. And then, you know, now you're onto this whole different discipline of cycling and again there's a little bit of chaos people are just like swerving in and out of each other racing through a middle the streets you know at 30 miles an hour and then you move on to the run and then i'm much more calm like i know how to do that i've done that and it's a little bit more simple you're just running you're, you know you're not going to get kicked uh. in the face you're not going <laughs> to crash and break your collarbone or like anything like that but um i'm really big on visualization so leading into a race, I visualize what needs to happen. Um, and then handling various scenarios well. So one thing I was told as a kid is like, you don't always want to visualize it perfect because that's not realistic. So I try and create these scenarios that I know are realistically going to happen at some point. So, you know, maybe I get on my bike and I'm in the wrong gear or something. So I can't accelerate at the right pace that I want to. And then these people around me are passing. me. You know, what do you do? Do you shift gears? You can't really shift gears too well when it's under pressure. So maybe you put out that little bit of extra effort and you don't shift gears and catch up or you're in the swim and your goggles break. That's a big one. Or they're filled with water. Like, what do you do? Do you panic? No, you got to stay calm and like you know I, I know how to still sight a buoy with one eye filled with water and I know how to feel around me what the water's doing so you can still follow um, so visualization I think is the biggest one for me for sure
2: okay and have you like have you done visualization since like high school and while you were already running or how did you start it when you started triathlon as well
0: I've been doing it for a while I would say I go through periods where I'm, like, very strict and regimented about it. I was probably a lot more, like, lackadaisical with it through high school just because I was distracted with a bunch of other stuff. But um, I my coaches have pushed that upon me since I was young, and that's definitely something that I've come to recognize the importance of as I've grown older.
2: Okay. And you do that, like, before the race or even when you go to practice as well? Like-
0: I do it... Yeah, before practice, especially key sessions, that I know, like, oh, this is going to hurt. This is going to be hard. Um, You know, this is a test set. This is going to be what gives me confidence going into a race because, you know, this session's going to be hard. And uh, I'll definitely visualize beforehand. Um, I think as well, like, my uh, coaches when I was running would say, you know, do an inventory when you're running. And it's not necessarily a visualization. It's not like preparatory visualization, visualization. But while you're running, you can still go through a checklist in your mind. So he would say, you know, is your form good? Are your feet landing properly? Are you breathing at the rate that you want to? Or, you know, how's everything feeling? And I think when you do that, it takes your mind off of the... Like outcome goals of, I need to win. I need to you know get podium or whatever. And you're focusing on in the moment, how your body's feeling, and controlling what you can do best. And then from that, the outcome can manifest itself later. But staying present in the moment, making sure that all of the practice you've done is working properly during the race.
2: Okay, and so you will say that those methods keep you more calm coming to to the races yeah absolutely
0: still nervous but (laughs) more calm yeah
2: (laughs) i mean if that can help then for sure yeah yeah do you think that people are just born with certain type of mindset or is that something that you can train and learn and what would you say are the best way to develop a strong and fearless mindset to go on and And to do triathlon, for example.
0: Yeah. So I studied uh, biology in university. So there's always a small part of me that says, yes, you are born a certain way. But at the same time, there's a uh, huge aspect that can be taught. Um, So, yeah, I I definitely think, I think we can all go back to the playground. And there's one kid that's way more aggressive than everyone else (laughs) at playing some playground game. But I think that can be taught as well, and I think like mental coaching or um, finding what sort of mental preparation works for you is an important and crucial part to performing well.
2: And maybe having the right person too, as well, around you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, And, and everyone's different, like some of my teammates like to be super calm, you know, leading into a race. I think for me it depends. Sometimes I want to be calm, but sometimes I also want to be like entirely angry, so It's just kind of knowing yourself and knowing what works best.
2: All right. So you've been like a professional triathlete now and training full-time. And I understand that you have set uh, your mind to represent the U.S. and also to participate to the Olympic Games in Paris. Is competing at the Olympic always been a dream of you, even since you were running?
0: Yeah, like similarly to how like when I would watch NCAAs, my family always watched the Olympics. Um, I don't like, we watch all of the Olympics, not just swimming and track in the big sports, but like all of them. Um, and I think I've always felt that that's something I can accomplish with the right work and, um, putting things together smartly over years.
2: Okay. Is that, is that like the biggest goal for you to, to be able to go there?
0: Um, probably the biggest, like strictly performance goal. Yeah, I would say so.
2: Yeah. And... And obviously the Olympic in Paris are still in like um three years from now is still like a long time before that. How is that the process for for you to work there? Because obviously sometimes we focus into one race or game into like a sport, but how is it for you to be able to keep your motivation and to work for something that is really far right?
0: Yeah, so I think I'm arguably in the lucky position of, like I said, playing that catch-up game. Since I haven't been doing on that long, there's still a lot to learn. So I can show up, you know, a month from now and see a ton of progress. Whereas somebody who's been, you know, world champion since they were 18 years old, it's a little bit harder for them to see how they're getting better. Um, you know, they obviously have that confidence of, hey, I'm already world champion. But I think for me, I can see that progress every single day. And moving forward, I think that's a really positive thing, and that definitely keeps my motivation high.
2: For sure. So you will say that the fact that, like, like you say, you're catching up on on other people, uh, make you maybe more angry to to get better <laughs> and, and, and and to get out there and, and train hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I like I'm a very confident person inside that I know that I'm capable of that. So. I just have to remind myself like it takes time, that battle of patience and urgency again. It's going to take time. It's going to take years for me to get to swim like people that, you know, have been swimming consistently since they were five years old, where I took six years off. So um, I just always have to keep that in the back of my mind. But three years is, it's a long time, but it's also not a long time. So you know, things need to start, <laughs> things need to click and, and move along well
2: of course of course and and looking more at what coming next uh what are some some maybe of your short-term goals
0: yeah so this past weekend was actually only my sixth triathlon ever in my life okay so like i earned my professional license um nearly two years ago and then the virus hit and there were pretty much no races so that like was a blessing in disguise and that I got to train and put a lot of work in and get better um, without like the hassle and stresses of racing, like traveling across the globe and stuff. But I now lack a little bit of experience in that I haven't raced much. So, um, I think, you know, I need to move forward getting experience and my short-term goals are as many races as possible. So... Hopefully this virus moves away safely and we can get things going again. And that can become possible.
2: So for right now, you don't have really any race um, coming up or?
0: Well, we're, we're going again this weekend in uh, Sarasota in Florida. Okay. Um, but the races have lost their designation as a world triathlon event because of all of the travel restrictions. So they can't really have... You know Olympic ranking points um, if not every country has access to the race so it's it's an elite field in that like the Americans that are expected to go to Tokyo for us should Tokyo happen like they're at these races so I'm competing against people that I know I'm gonna have to compete against later on in my career um, and that's a great experience that's awesome for me Pretty to true. see what it takes to compete at that level um so these little local races that they're putting together that are attracting such a deep field because they can't travel to all of these other races overseas is really a great experience for me
2: okay that sounds good that you're able to to at least compete again and and start putting some race into your belt absolutely so earlier we spoke about like having expectation going into college and 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 setting like big goals and an objective but Being a professional athlete, like, how do you measure your success? Like, ultimately, what does success mean to you? Is it doing what you love, winning races, traveling the world?
0: I think it's all of those. I think it's every single one you just said. I think it's hard to say, like, no, it's not about winning races. I think that would be pretty short-sighted because I think everyone knows, you know, you win the race, you get a lot more money, you get a lot more sponsorships, you get a lot more access to resources that are going to allow you to do that again later. Um, so that's extremely important. However, that's like a... Uh, more of just strictly a performance goal. I think there's a much deeper goal for me as well, of that I have this opportunity of getting better every single day, and I don't think many people across the world have that. I think... Um, or they don't have the opportunity to take advantage of that, and I do, and I think that's pretty special. So my goal is to try and show up every day, do the best that I can to better myself as an athlete and as a person. And if I do that, then I'm, I'm doing something well. Um, and, you know, I think, I think with that, the performances will come. I think they're coupled together. They're not entirely independent. But um, winning, winning matters. It's yeah, <laughs> important sure. too.
2: <laughs> for sure. But it's only a minor part of, your definition of success, basically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, on a very broad level, my my main goal is I've seen how my parents have prepared me for the world. And um, I think selfishly, I think they've done a good job. (laughs) So I want to be able to like, have the resources to be able to do that for my family one day. And, you know, that's, I guess if I had to find like, what my greater purpose is, it'd be to do that. And you know, the ability to maybe offer that to other people outside of my family as well.
2: For sure. And and actually like that's perfect transition because I was going to talk about Rise Athlete. Yeah. Founded by uh, Olympic swimmer Caroline Perkel and Rebecca Sony with the purpose of connecting young athletes with professional and elite athletes through mentorship. So how did you get involved with them? And what does it mean for you to be part of the Rise team?
0: Yeah, I got involved, I think, probably last fall, so fall of 2020 or so. Um, I saw, you know, one of the benefits of social media is, like, seeing things like this. So I think I saw them on social media and was like, hey, this is cool. This is a cool movement. And, oh, I remember these athletes. I watched them in the Olympics when I was, like, 12. (laughs) So so I sent in my application and uh, fortunately was accepted. And um, I think I'm a part of a great community. Um, You know, on a base level, I'm a member of a community of 30 plus Olympians and athletes. And that's a pretty special thing to be a part of in itself. But more than that, we have the ability to impact younger athletes in us that they can grow up, have successful careers, and then hopefully come into this position to where they might want to help mentor other people and just grow that entire community of support for athletes.
2: Of course, that's awesome. And how important do you think it is for a young athlete to, to have a mentor, such as yourself, for example?
0: I think it's incredibly important and it's a special opportunity. I think I recognize the importance that many of my coaches had. Um, I can think of one in particular that you know, I was probably from the ages of 8 to 14 probably. And he wasn't strictly my coach, he was more of a mentor. He prepared me uh, for competition mentally just as much as he did physically and um, the impact that he's had on my life and the lessons I've been able to take through college and then even now as a professional athlete. So me being so fortunate, I find it to be very important for an athlete to have the opportunity to find a mentor just like that, that they can carry through their entire career and um, help them mentally, socially, in any way possible to become a better athlete and a better human.
2: That's awesome. And, and right now, you do you still have a mentor or do you still have people you look up to that that help you like in everyday basis
0: yeah so absolutely i think it's changed a little this person i was just referring to had a life decision to change and move on and in a different direction and career um so i haven't been too in too much contact with him but i still have other ones from high school and around those times that i stay in contact with and um it's been incredibly beneficial and you know as i'm with my new coach my new coach is a little bit of a mentor my parents will always be mentors in sport and outside of sport so i definitely still try to keep them around
2: Okay, <laughs> Thank yeah. you. that's awesome and what do you hope that other can learn from you and and take away from your story and you your journey so far
0: yeah i hope people can see that you don't necessarily have to be ncaa champion to move on and do sports after college um, at a high level after college um, you don't have to be you know the star running back the star soccer player the star swimmer the star wrestler to be able to move on and compete at a high level afterwards um, and i think some of the most inspiring stories to me are the ones that have had these sort of setbacks and come and come back from that um, it's obviously a very hard path for everybody to become an elite athlete and win that olympic gold medal but from my perspective, I connect a little bit more when somebody was, you know, maybe fifth at Olympic trials and then comes back the next year and is world champion. And then they get that momentum and they're world champion multiple times. I think that's pretty special.
2: For sure. For sure. And if you could give one piece of advice to people who are listening with Big Dream, where will it be?
0: Have fun. If, you don't, if you're not having fun, I think it's like... <laughs> you know things get boring really quick and you'll want to move on so you have to find a way to keep it fun and i think um in the sport of triathlon that's so driven by discipline it's even more important to be able to have fun um surround yourself with the right people and create the right environment for yourself and uh, then you'll be in a great position to move forward
2: awesome awesome
1: Now it's time for a new segment of our podcast. It's a little game that we came up with, but we don't have a name for it yet. So if you have any suggestions, please let us know in the comments. Hope you like it.
2: So the way it works is that I'm going to read a sentence and your job is to guess if it's a sentence that comes from a lyrics of a song, or if it's from a quote from an athlete. And if you get all of the 10 questions right, we'll get you like an umpire and correct hoodie. And if you are able to guess who is the athlete or who, if you have the title of the song, then you can have a bonus point as well. Okay, awesome. All right, so number one. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be.
0: That's a song lyric. I don't know who who did it, but that's a song lyric. (laughs) It is
2: is a song, it's 50 Cent from uh, the song Many Men.
0: Okay, I know that song, but I I wouldn't have guessed that.
2: (laughs) So... Second, um, don't be afraid of failure. This is the way to succeed.
0: I'm going to go with athlete on that one.
2: Yep. That was yeah. LeBron James. So two out. Two. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes a fighter.
0: Makes a fighter?
2: Makes a fighter. Yeah.
0: Ah, so it's not the Kelly Clarkson strong look. <laughs> doesn't kill you. makes you stronger. Uh... That's going to be an athlete, maybe like Muhammad Ali or something.
2: It's a bit tricky. It's actually the Kelly Klaassen. So oh, it is? Yeah, oh. stronger. But uh, we didn't want to put like, uh, make you stronger because it was too easy if not. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so I can count you like half of a point if you want, because All right. you already said yeah, it. <laughs> that, that sounds good. <laughs> so the number four, when you try your best, but you don't succeed.
0: I think that's also a song lyric.
2: Yes, yeah, from Coldplay. Okay. It it's you. It's the beginning yeah. of the song. Okay. <laughs> so number five. Um, My mother thinks I am the best. <laughs>
0: uh, athlete. I don't know what he's talking about. But that's going to be an athlete.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It was uh, from Diego Maradona. Okay. Um, number six. Never cry, never complain, just walk. That's an
0: athlete. I don't, I don't know who said that, but I would say it.
2: Yes, it is. It's from uh, Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Number seven. Maybe I'm just not enough.
0: Uh, song lyric? I don't know. Yes, it is. <laughs> from
2: uh, Sam Smith. Uh, I'm okay. not the only one. Right. So, kind of I mean, a sad song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number eight. I want to be different. If everyone is wearing black, I want to be wearing red. Probably an athlete. Yes, from uh, the tennis woman player, Maria Sharapova. Okay. Uh, number nine. I love that pressure feeling. It's a drug.
0: Hmm. I'll go athlete, maybe like somebody in combat sports or something.
2: It's from (laughs) an athlete that we had in the podcast already. um, Uh, Okay. Anna Azelborg. She's actually doing curling. Okay. She's Uh, a Swedish (laughs) curling player. Okay. So that was a good answer again. So the last one, tonight I'm going to have myself a really good time.
0: Is that a Black Eyed Peas song?
2: No. But it's, oh. <laughs> from a, but it's from a song as well. Queen, Okay. Uh, Don't Stop Me Now. I'm sure you know that song as well. Okay, yeah, probably. So, so basically, I mean, you did 10 out of 10. Because <laughs> Almost, you said, I messed up on yeah, the Kelly Clarkson fi- one. <laughs> it's fine, I can give it to you because, because <laughs> you said it, so I could have just said like, oh yeah, that was right. So perfect, so we'll try to send you a, a woody on permanent courage
0: oh awesome thank you guys of course i wear it i'll wear it around town
2: all the time that'd be awesome (laughs) um so that's it uh thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was awesome to talk to you and to learn more about you and your journey
0: yeah thank you for having me i i enjoyed speaking with you
2: and i'm wishing you the best for for the upcoming training and and the different races that you have thank you thank you so much
1: thank you so much for listening to today's episode If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars. It really means a lot to us.
2: You can find all the links to grand social media in the description below. For more information about us and the podcast, follow us on Instagram at ecpodcast underscore. And to help us in making this podcast even better, become a Patreon at patreon.com slash empowermentcourage. Thank you so much for your ongoing support and see you next week.